Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Where's the Money Monday episode. We're going to be talking about, well, it's not just the money. It's also the moronic behavior that costs so much money and lives and property. But we'll dig into that after some inspiration. Our inspiration today is humility's perk. Like many teachers, Carrie devotes countless hours to her career, often grading papers and communicating with students and parents late into the evening. To sustain the effort, she relies on her community of colleagues for camaraderie and practical help. Her challenging job is made easier through collaboration. A recent study of educators found that the benefit of collaboration is magnified when those we work with demonstrate humility. When colleagues are willing to admit their weaknesses, others feel safe to share their knowledge with one another, effectively helping everyone in the group. The Bible teaches the importance of humility for much more than enhanced collaboration, fearing the Lord, having a right understanding of who we are in comparison with the beauty power, and majesty of God results in riches and honor and life. Humility leads us to living in a community in a way that's fruitful in God's economy, not just the world's, because we seek to benefit our fellow image bearers. We don't fear God as a way to gain riches and honor and life for ourselves. That wouldn't be true humility at all. Instead, we imitate Jesus who made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant so we can become part of a body that humbly cooperates together to do his work, give him honor, and take a message of life to the world around us. Heavenly Father, help us to surrender our pride to you on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we obviously have way too much pride, and we know what pride cometh before. And it's looking like there is a fall possibly coming, and uh, it's probably going to be very recognizable by this coming fall after summer and elections and whatever chaos goes on with that. I know this last Wednesday you were talking about, well, we were talking about the state budget, all the money that the government's spending and the costs and, you know, billion versus million, and really... We're talking about trillions pretty frequently now when we look at the federal government, state government still in the billions, probably going to be over a trillion in the next year or two at the rate our state's going. But the name of the article was important because what they were trying to point out wasn't just people wrapping their heads around the number one million versus a billion. It was really about being angry about wealth. It was. Billionaires shouldn't exist. So it's interesting that we see primarily on the left this idea that billionaires shouldn't exist. We don't hear about that so much in the, you know, maybe the red side of the aisle. But both sides seemingly continue to help create billionaires. Many of these billionaires don't just make a product and get rich. They don't, you know, figure out uh, uh, how to build the best mousetrap right? Most of the time, it's it's like these companies that are getting government funds for climate change initiatives where they can charge exorbitant amounts 
basically to the taxpayers and our great, great grandchildren through our national debt or state programs where they're collecting tax dollars from working people and they're creating billionaires pushing their initiatives. You look at Washington, D.C. It's surrounded by the richest, I think, six or ten counties in the country. Why are they the richest in the country? Because they make money on the largesse from the public trough that our Congress and the executive branch provides. And, and we see that in government far too often. And it's not just billions, it's trillions. And you think about this, and we, the last couple of weeks we were talking about school bonds and, and, and levies and you know library bonds and levies. And some of the smaller communities were asking for far less money than the larger school districts. Even though they have a larger tax base, you'd think they wouldn't have to charge as much in taxes. So it seems strange there. But when you look at future costs, we, we look at these forecasts of what things are going to cost five and 10 years from now. But there's certain elements that economists can't even predict now because we have such great human migration. And it's not just migration from other countries, it's inside our own country. So you got states that are exploding in population and other states that are reducing in population. So it negatively impacts those communities, you know, like Detroit. Back when the jobs left and so many people left, it became a a very impoverished place. Yeah, well, you have some places that are absolutely just imploding because they can't take on the extra costs and the expenses and the things that they need to sustain the people that are moving in. And then you have to look at the people that are just showing up because it's a big issue. I'm going to have to rewind... About a decade ago, here in the city of Spokane, uh, a great friend named Fred helped in an effort to gather signatures on a sanctuary city petition. I think it was 2015-1 was the petition. And I never figured out why the judge would throw it out because there was nothing wrong with the petition. They just didn't like one of the boxes on it that listed the people that put the law into place. And it didn't seem like a legitimate reason to take it off the ballot for voters. But what I think was, is there was just political pressures. And I think that we're, we're seeing judges make lots of decisions based on political pressures and the political pressures of these folks is kind of interesting because they don't want borders, just invite the whole world in. Right. And uh, at the same time, they want to reclaim native lands or give land back to mother earth and have less people on the land. Well, you got open borders. You can't have it both ways, but it was all the way back a decade ago where we were looking into this immigration thing. And in Spokane, we started looking at some national voices and things going on. And, and we realized that back at that point, it was about a million people every year came to the United States legally. And often it was based on merit. They'd come to be a, a nurse or a doctor or a business owner or things like that. And that sounded great. Great. Bring in more taxpayers. But our legal immigration was actually hurting, hurting countries, third world countries, countries that were just trying to develop. They had what you would call talent flight. So people that had talent and wisdom 
and education and ingenuity were leaving countries that needed wise people. They needed them in government. They needed them in business. And so then they would come to our country and it benefited our taxes. So back at that point in time, I mean, if you were someone that cared about these other countries and the conditions in these other countries, you'd say, why are we immigrating people when we should be encouraging them to bolster things in their own country? Because that's the foreign aid that we used to do to these third world countries. That was part of what we did was we tried to bolster economies, teach them how to grow crops, do things to make their country successful so that they could become an ally and do trade and, you know, be successful as a neighbor or uh, at least a, a trading partner in another part of the world. Well, that was decades ago. I'm not even hearing that argument now. We're so far down the river of, of just madness with immigration. So, you know, people, oh, sanctuary cities are going to be great. They're going to be great. Well, you know, this was 10 years ago in Spokane that you had a lot of citizens sign an initiative that said, probably not a good idea. Lots of conversations that were had. And it's like, okay, well, now we're like a million and a half people coming here legally. So we're still taking the talent oftentimes away from other countries because it's not people say, oh, it's just going to be the guy mowing the yard. It's just going to be, you know, the person picking the crops. Oftentimes the legal immigration was not. It's people being doctors, getting into to law, people getting an education, people, professional jobs. But of course they were looking at their merits and, and having them become taxpayers but we were still stealing talent from another country and we're still doing it because we still have the legal immigration at million, million and a half a year. But now you've got illegal immigration. So circling back, we talk about the local school levies. We talk about these big population shifts. One of the things that these sanctuary states and sanctuary cities are complaining about coming out of Texas mostly is that they're overwhelmed with people that don't speak the language, it's difficult in school, uh, they've got to hire all sorts of interpreters, and these municipal governments are collapsing under the weight of illegal immigration. Some of the people coming over, though, that do have education are not finding that it's very welcoming here either. Only well, one experience yeah. I can share with you is one, one wonderful, wonderful woman that I attended class with for childcare. She was a pediatric heart surgeon from another country, and they would not accept her as a doctor in the United States. Yeah. So she was going to classes to become a child care provider, a pediatric heart specialist that yeah, did and that's, surgeries that's on definitely some children. of the, the, the regulatory stuff that we have here, especially. And so the legal immigrants often did run into lots of problems like that where they were coming here. They had these uh, specialties were hoping to get into the industry in the United States because it was much more profitable to do it here than it was in Venezuela and Mexico. And, and so they were really hoping that that was going to be the case, but then they ran into the regulatory burdens and there and was she no was here way. Legally. I will point that and out. Here legally. Here legally. And, and so our country had a legal immigration system that had a lot of problems already that, you know, left people in the shadows, they would say, well, what are we going to do with an influx of, so we a million, million and a half a year was the influx of legal immigration. And of course, a lot of illegal immigration is people that overstay work visas for temporary projects or, you know, migrant work programs, but we're going to have to face it circling back again, the local tax levies, the needs in the community that you have. They say that we've got a housing crisis. 
well, a million and a half a year in a country of, you know, 300 and some million people in legal immigration. All right, we're stealing talent from other third world countries, which makes those other third world countries worse. And people think that they're saving the rest of the world's uh, low-income population by allowing illegal immigration, except so many of the people that are illegally immigrating here are working-age men. They're, work, they're, they're families that should be uh, the middle class of that country if it were run properly. But uh, we're going to have to take a break. We're going to be right back and uh, discuss a few more items, uh, definitely outside of the legal immigration process. Don't go anywhere. Today, we want to think about how our founding fathers established a nearly foolproof system of government. Its checks and balances are among the most noteworthy aspects of our republic. Our government, when functioning as it was designed, champions our liberties and prevents our government from becoming tyrannical and oppressive. By and large, however, the American people are sadly uninformed about democratic principles and their role in safeguarding our freedoms. What's more, the clearly defined lines between the three branches of government are becoming blurred and the United States citizens are paying the price. We must continue to pray that God protects our way of life, asking Him that He would allow men and women in office who are committed to serving their constituents with integrity. We must remain in prayer for our elections, asking God to promote our fellow citizens to become more involved in this process. Voting is both a duty and a privilege, and the outcomes of our political races are critical in determining the future course of our nation. If you would take a moment to visit our website, www.rightspokaneperspective.com, we have up on our website a list of all of our elected officials. Again, go to www.rightspokaneperspective.com. And let's all take a moment to pray for our officials and for the laws that they're looking at passing. Thank you to all the listeners that listen to the show so we can all stay informed on what's going on here on the Right Spokane Perspective. We also want to thank all those who contribute to keep us on the air. All those contributions go directly to the cost of our airtime and production of Right Spokane Perspective. Again, you can help us out by going to rightspokaneperspective.com and contributing also, make those checks payable to Right Spokane Perspective LLC. Send them to P.O. Box 7620-99207. We appreciate all those contributions to keep us on the air. Again, rightspokaneperspective.com, Right Spokane Perspective LLC, P.O. Box 7620-99207. Back to the show. And welcome back to Where's the Money This Monday. And uh, we got to kind of slow down on this whole immigration issue because billionaires what we were talking about in the first half that were are being demonized for becoming billionaires and we talked about how so many of them are contracted to government and they're kind of getting rich off the middle class because the government's you know pay to play schemes that they've been doing uh it's those billionaires actually many of them not all of them but many of them that like the illegal immigration cheap labor they like the cheap labor and we're going to see more and more. I think that's kind of why Amazon does everything by subcontractor. So it's not one big corporation in every little community. There's multiple contractors. So I don't know, they, didn't, they didn't check anybody's immigration status. Right. So there's all these jobs and Hey, guess what? 
we can't get an American worker to go drive their personal vehicle all around town and wear it out for just above minimum wage. But hey, that guy over there, grab him. He'll do it, right? So I guess it benefits the billionaires. So if it's for cheap labor for billionaires that the left is against, how come they're providing them a resource of cheap labor instead of having people stay in their countries and make their countries better. Because they fund their campaigns. Oh, off of the donors. That's right. The billionaires fund the campaigns. So who is actually serving the U.S. citizen? And it's, I'm, I'm really curious about this because the crisis at the border that we keep hearing about, whether it's you know from Congress or the president, the laws are just plainly not being followed. I mean, th- there is no political process. I, can Congress really call into the show? Well, we don't have call in, but could they actually show up and tell me that they don't have the ability to hold an administration accountable? So the way government works, and this, this is part of the problem too. We have way too many people that go through our public education system that don't even know how government works. Maybe we don't fund education enough money for that. Oh no, we do. We're just teaching them other strange things instead of how government works. So the legislative branch makes the rules and laws that control the executive branch. I, I think illegal immigration is still illegal. I, I, I think that's a thing. So Congress can't hold the administration accountable. That's strange to me that the lawmakers can't hold the executive branch accountable for not following the law. Well, you know, you have to have more than one or two people willing to do it but we have certain people in congress that aren't our representative well we have a divided senate and we have but they have to follow the law so if they have to follow the law themselves congress and if the executive branch isn't following the law they either have to like we see in washington state state agencies are doing things and then they realize they're like, ah, we need a bill passed because we can't legally do this. Oftentimes we see laws passed to allow state agencies to do things they've already been doing. Cause they're like, ah, we're kind of operating outside the law. got to pass this law. And we're not seeing the Congress do that. The Congress isn't just allowed illegal immigration through laws. It's just happening. And politically they're acting like, oh, well, we're going to have to, you know, get a bill passed or next election or and they're just playing the game. So it must be about those billion-dollar donors who want cheap labor. But the thing we have to realize about the cheap labor is that when it comes to paying a lot of the taxes, billionaires pay tons of taxes. But they're also good at compounding their profits and all their money, whereas the working-class citizens that pay a big brunt of a large population just kind of showing up, we see cities like Chicago, cities like New York, cities that are now complaining that it's going to break their financial budgets. They're, they're, they're collapsing. They're going to go bankrupt under these conditions. Well, what about all the other communities? Because Spokane's a sanctuary city. Did they look at how much more space they need in schools and how much more infrastructure? Uh, it's my understanding that there was a study done in Washington State that I think last year or two, uh, was it $360 million was spent on people that are illegally in our state. That's a big chunk of money. And and that's just from one study that went to, you know, the welfare programs in Washington state. It didn't go to police, fire, infrastructure, other costs that a large population shift could bring. So it's just a discussion I think we all have to have. And government's not being honest with us. Congress not being honest with us. I don't know if the president knows how to be honest because he didn't, he just, he just got off of a, 
claim of mishandling classified documents because he basically is old and he could not stand trial, not competent to stand trial. That's our president. Wow. You know what? I want to take us back to when Trump was president and they actually dropped that non-competent rule that said a president could be removed for not being competent. Do you remember what that was? Well, they were doing all sorts of things. To, and that's but they the let it slip. They let well, it slip for a well, reason. It's, it's the same reason why they'll let people here illegally slip on paying their taxes, but you and I have to pay our taxes. It's okay for one group. It's not okay for another group, right? And it's this very same thing. So because he's old, but probably side with the court with so many of the things going on with him right now, not remembering names, saying that he talked to somebody the other day that's been dead for 30 years. I don't think he's competent to run our country right now. Well, we knew that. Three I, years I don't know ago. who is running our country. We, we are a laughingstock of the, of the world. And, and this immigration issue is actually evidence of it. There's no other country that allows legally the immigration that we did. I knew that. 10 years ago when we were battling the sanctuary city issues because we want our local law enforcement to work with federal authorities, especially when we have things like, oh, wait, 10 years ago, the fentanyl crisis wasn't near as bad. Hmm. Mm. That's strange. I find that really not strange. We kind of knew the drug cartels were already building in the regions, and we're not talking about at the southern border. We're talking about eastern Washington. Spokago. Yeah. And so you have this dynamic where we're not really going after the drug cartels at the border. We're not dealing with illegal migrants, right? Illegal aliens that are here. And at the same time, just a few years ago, we quit investigating people for having drug possession. It, it almost seems like we've created these conditions to collapse our country on purpose. And I don't think that it's unobvious to most people. Most people are recognizing this now that pay attention at all. So where are our lawmakers in all of their excuses that they make? The executive branch, of course, yeah, I don't want Biden to say anything because he'll probably say something that doesn't make sense. But the people that are in control of the levers of our federal government, when are they going to get held accountable? Or are they just going to keep on putting money in their accounts from those evil billionaires? You know, the ones that can wrap their head around what a billion dollars is because they got them just floating around everywhere. Unlike the people that are paying the bills for the schools, the roads, the local law enforcement that don't even have a million saved for retirement. When financial investors are saying that if you want to have any quality of life at all, as a working class citizen, you better have over a million dollars in your retirement plan. That's the million Remember. The number that's 11 days 11 in days seconds. In seconds. Yeah. Well, the billionaires that are making these decisions that are apparently pulling the levers of our government that's flooding our country, I think those financial advisors and all of the projections that you see in the financial world today, whether it's what the monies are needed for schools, the monies needed for local law enforcement, the monies needed for homeless shelters, all of those monies, that number's going to explode. And we don't even know how many people are coming. So we know that 10 years ago, uh, they were telling us, I believe the number was 11 million illegals in the country 10 years ago. 
except they told us that for like 20 years. So, okay, well, then you had the dreamers, right? You had all this stuff go on. And then you, you got more flow of migrants because of chain migration. So is it 40 million? I don't know. But we do know that the Godaways, just in the last, you know, three years, are in the millions. And we know that they've processed six to 10 million people into the country just in the last few years. Basically, the state of Washington, because we have such a difficulty wrapping our head around numbers, the population of the state of Washington was seven and a half million. About. Seven and a half million going on eight million. So the state of Washington came to the United States illegally just in the last couple of years. And we also had another, what, three to five million come in legally. So we're, we're talking about like two, three states worth of, of populated states. Cool. So here's a positive point. I think we need a 51st state. We need more room. Um. Oh, yeah. Well, just, uh, well, Canada. We'll just take over Canada. There's a lot of room there. I'm not sure Canada would like that. Well, but they're very welcoming people. Mm-hmm. I think they kill. I think they close their borders. I think they do have a different immigration policy I than we do. I think they do. I think every Matter country of fact, on Earth. I think Earth, they have a visiting policy that's much different than ours. I think every country on Earth has a different policy than than we do, and that's why this is so insane. So when we get upset about these little tax increases, you know like uh, the school levy in the city of Spokane that's going to cost the average person like $1,000 more a year. Um, that's pretty small compared to the money that's going to be needed a few years from now. And this is just on the immigration issue. Look at what the ballooning cost of homelessness has been. And our state legislature, as we covered uh, last week, our state legislature is focused on making sure strippers make money. And they can have alcohol in their clubs. Our legislature is focused on, I don't know, a couple of years ago, uh, well, we got a prolific, what, I don't know, what do they call it? They're focused on like the state fish or state Dinosaur. mythical animal. Oh, yeah, the Succiosaurus. That's, that's <laughs> right. Succiosaurus. No, it's the Succiosaurus. <laughs> I'm sticking with that forever. Yeah, we our, our state dinosaur. And it was never even here. I think they found like a fragment of it on an island or something uh, over on the west side. And so, uh, and maybe it was, it was probably, you know what? The dino, the Succiosaurus bone was probably trafficked here in prehistoric days, right? Because of the immigration the policy of, the of Washington then, yeah. But it's, it is totally insane, the policies that we have going on and the taxes that they're increasing. I'm telling you what, I am not going to vote for a single person that voted for any kind of tax increase. And I'm going to kind of be looking at legislators and lawmakers, you know, if they're focused on race and gender and all this other stuff, they need to focus on how these communities are going to survive so that people of whatever category they say they're protecting lives in a community that's not going bankrupt. Because I, I think that if you don't have a community that can survive and not have everyone living in squalor because you can't afford cleaning supplies, transportation, businesses. I mean, maybe the businesses will be fine. I don't know. The billionaires are going to make sure they're taken care of because they're the ones that are pulling levers government, I guess. I don't know. I know at some point you're going to run out of other people's money because those other people 
are going to have no way to make money. Maybe that's why they said get out of the blue states. Well, there, you know, it is interesting, too, that a lot of the folks that were trying to sound the alarm on some of this stuff with immigration 10 years ago said, stay in your states and fight. Stay in your communities, fight for your communities. And I believe that that was the right thing to do. It's the right thing to stay in your community, fight for your community, if, especially if that's where you're raised, your family's there, uh, and you can you can possibly stay. I've, I've always thought that was the right thing to do. But now more and more we're hearing from a lot of the leading voices, and we're actually seeing corporations do it. We're seeing prominent business people do it. What Even Jeff Bezos. Amazon, we just... He's out of here. He left Washington State, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Well, his businesses didn't, so he's okay with the taxes that we're all and paying. And Boeing. Well, Boeing, yeah, we're seeing Boeing leave, but I think Boeing's leaving one part at a time. That being said, <laughs> we're out of here for today. We'll be with you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.